Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we are your arena regulars. We're talking all about MTG Arena. Where our skills are limited. And our criticism is constructive. Hello, and welcome to episode number two. Jeff, what are we doing today? Oh, we got a great show today, Zach. Yeah, we do. So the first thing we're going to talk about is what to do when you're new to Arena. Mm -hmm. How do you build up your account? What are the things you should focus on? Arena's got a lot going on. We're going to break some of that down for you. Uh, then our historic staple list. So this is something I'm really excited about. If you want to get into historic, we're going to tell you what cards you shouldn't feel bad about crafting with wild cards. And finally, last week we talked about the bands. We predicted that the bands were great and that mm -hmm. the metagame would be better. We're going to see if we were right. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, before we do that, um, Jeff, what, uh, what are you drinking today? What's going on? It's over yeah, there. I brought a beer called Dockside by Bob Cajun uh, Brewing Company. Never had this before. This is a red ale. You inspired me last week by Ooh. bringing uh, an amber. I decided I like ambers. I'm going to bring a red ale this red week. Red ale. Okay. Um, I brought, uh, this is from Forefathers Brewing Company, which is in Ontario, Canada. And it's their The Starter. It's a session IPA. Um, it's very light with notes of citrus and fruit. Uh, it's a 4.8% IPA. It's a session. It's nice. I so like I that it's not too intense. Week, so you got five? Yeah. Does that mean that you beat me? Yeah, I think week? we're one and one now. I think you have right. taken it last Well, I, I did bring an IPA, which I won't do most of the time. But <laughs> the reason I brought it is because it is called The Starter. And we are talking about starting Arena today. All right. Well, then you win on the I... reasons for bringing the beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was hoping. Uh, that's basically the only time. I'll I... get you next week on that front. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Um, but it tastes... Uh... It's nice. It... Yeah, first sip's treating you well. It's treating me pretty well. It's, it tastes like an IPA with some citrus, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'll have to report back later. I'm not okay. sure how I feel about this yet. All right, sounds good. Um, though, so this week, what have, what have you been playing on Arena? Like, what, what have you been doing? Yeah, so since our last episode, at the start, mm -hmm. I was playing a lot of draft. Mm -hmm. I've been really enjoying Zendikar draft, so I kept building up my uh, collection with that. And since, and then after a few days, I just started playing standard. So I'm excited to brew some of the new decks we were talking about last week. Some yeah. we didn't get to talk about last week. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun. How about you? Yeah, I mean, standard has been great. I've been really uh, enjoying that quite a bit. I think it's been super fun. There's, I've been trying to find more decks and all these kind of things. I've been seeing a lot of new stuff. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, standard has really dominated everything I've been doing. I think I drafted once and I was horrible. <laughs> because I've just been kind of out of touch with it just because standard seems so fun. Um, we do have some magic news this week. Um, uh, nothing too, too crazy, but we have a new secret layer. Bum, bum, bum. There's so many secret layers, it's hard to keep track sometimes. But this one is a little bit different. Uh, it's called Extra Life. Uh, they've been doing that for a couple of years. I don't, I don't know how many, actually. Um, but it seems to be something that's been going on. But this secret layer is uh, paired up with uh, Seattle Child's Hospital, or Children's Hospital, sorry, Seattle's Children's Hospital. Um, so when you buy it, uh, you give some money to, to that charity. Um, it doesn't really affect us very much because, you know, secret layers aren't in Arena. Right. 
But, I only play arena, Zach. Yeah, I know. So um, we don't have to worry about it too much. But the only thing is you'll see uh, they there are sleeves you can buy. I think they're $5. It's like a little cartoon of Johnny that says Extra Life on it. Um, and do those also benefit the charity? Yes, I believe they also benefit. They might... I don't know if they're 100% benefiting the charity or not. I know everything else that they're selling is a, it's a portion. It's about um, half the money goes to the charity. So I'm not exactly sure with the sleeves, but well, I'll probably... Well, if they do, I'll probably pick some. Yeah, I'll probably pick some up if they're going to be- benefit the children's hospital. So. Mm-hmm. But to start us off um, with some first sips, we have our first topic, new to Arena. Yeah, so when you first make an Arena account, mm-hmm. you log in, you have to do this tutorial... And there's a lot going on, you know, there's you have gold, you have gems, you have a ton of different play modes that you slowly unlock doing these color challenges. Um, and you start with these five decks, mm-hmm. right? one for each color. Yep. The decks are, they're not very good, but they do contain some cards that are playable. Yeah. Right? People do play them. There's probably about one in each deck um, and you can kind of find them. And when you play a little bit more, you'll start to see... Uh, some of them come up. It's kind of like a shock or like a mana dork or, or, or a murder or things like that. Um, but a big thing that's actually pretty important, if you're new to magic, these challenges are just a good way for you to understand what the colors do. Right. And which ones you like. Because finding out what you like is pretty important when you're going to move on because you need to figure out what your play style is. Yeah, totally agree. And as we're going to talk about later, you need to know where to spend your wild cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they do a pretty good job. They each have a, a well-defined theme. Yeah. yeah. So we won't really get into the themes because they are what they are. Um, you're you're going to play them that one time, and then after that you won't really need to see them. Don't take again. one of these decks into the ranked constructed No, queue. yeah, you're, you're going to big, big feel bad. To yeah. Um, but after that, once you've completed all the color challenges, you do get uh, unlocked a two-color deck. Right. And these are the ones that are quite a bit more important just because they actually have a lot more pieces of things that you're going to need. And they're going to be basically the foundation of your collection. Exactly. Yeah. And they do contain not just cards that are not embarrassing to play. Yeah. But like actually good cards. Right. So there are 10 decks in total. um, One for each color pair. Um, Each one has a mythic in it, Mm -hmm. a nice chunk of rares and uh, one temple of each of those colors. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll talk about the different dual lands later. A little bit later. But it is nice that they immediately just give you one right off the bat. Not only that, but you also have all the common ones, too, that enter tapped the lifelands and you sure. gain a life, mm-hmm. which aren't great, and you, they're, they're, they will do. Like, you can use them. You can build a deck. They will, they will be a land that you need. Um, being competitive with them, no one will play them because they just are too slow and not the life isn't worth it. Yeah, the only situation I could imagine is if you had some life gain themed deck. That and really I needed to gain one life. Or... I still think you would play any of the other options. Just because it's tapped, it's just, yeah, it's so hard. Um, if your land comes into play tapped, you, it needs to be good. It needs to do more than gain one life. Exactly. Right, so I think you can unlock one of these decks per day. Yes, once per day. Um, and you unlock them by playing 25 cards of the previous two-color combination deck that you unlocked. Right, so if you start with the red-green deck, if you play 25 red or green cards... You unlock the white-blue deck, Right. which I actually liked this. This was pretty fun. Um, so I like that they started with the red-green and then you go into the white-blue because when I started playing Magic, I, it came in... I think I got 7th edition. It was like a box, and there were two decks, and there was a red-green deck, and there was a white-blue deck. Okay. Right? And um, it was kind of similar the way that they did this, where you um, 
the the tutorial is is basically it knows every card you're going to draw and it tells you what to do right and so when you open the cards they tell you not to shuffle them and you draw your cards and they the, the little pamphlet you get tells you what to play after your opponent played whatever to kind of get you to understand how the game works. oh that's cool but it was really nostalgic to me to be like oh the first deck I played was red green because that was a big, you know, it's stompy. You hit people with fire and like lava axes and stuff. Right. That was really exciting. Uh, so it was kind of nice to see that they kept a little bit of that and knew that red green is a really fun like starter color or color pair. Sure. As an aside, I would like to s- vote in seventh edition as my uh, recommendation for ugliest cards of all time (laughs) (laughs) really yeah the white border and they did something weird with the art design in that set a lot of what i think are the ugliest cards are all i I completely disagree (laughs) i think everything should be white border why would you ever buy one (laughs) (laughs) Um, no i do like when you just have a bunch of white and black border stuff well Honestly, I used to play white border lands because when I fetched for them, you could find them right away. Oh, okay. That makes sense because then all your basics are white border. Right. And then that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it might uh, irritate your yeah, opponent. Yeah, tilts the opponent so, for sure. Sometimes they... Oh, none of the art was matching. No, <laughs> People get kind of frustrated about that sometimes. Um, you have to work hard to do that in arena. You to, yeah, you have to work Collect really different hard. art pieces. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to count all the different lands you have because mm-hmm. there's like so many. Okay, so those are the decks you start with. Now, what are the different ways to play? Right, So there's a ton of different ways to play Magic on there, Arena. There are. Could you walk me through a couple of them? Uh, so you have just play, which is, um, it's not ranked. Um, you're basically playing against anyone. Um, a lot of it is like the color challenge people. Once they get their final bosses on that play server, um, but you're just, you're either testing out decks or like you're not going to hurt your ranked score. And when you start out, don't worry about your rank score at all. It's really about having fun and like kind of building up um, gold and different things. So, so right. that is going to be your best friend. The incredible thing is that even if you're in Bronze League, which is the rank you would start at, mm-hmm. you're still playing against a lot of people with fully powered decks. Yeah. Uh, maybe they even took them from some big tournaments. So ranked is really something you do. You get into after you've built yeah. up your collection. You want to kind of wait on that for a bit. So you're going to be doing mostly is just the play um, portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can play best of one standard, best of three standard. There's best of one historic and best of three historic. Now, what's historic? I've heard of standard before. Yeah. So, so well, first standard is just the last two years of Magic cards. Yeah, more uh, or less. More or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of varies depending on what time it is. Um but that's what standard is. So historic is every card on arena that, just every card on arena. That's and there, not banned. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> not banned. There are, there is a banned list, um, but but yeah, which includes the arena only cards. Right. Which is something we will talk about in a little bit. But um, besides the constructed formats, you can also play limited. Right. So you can draft. You can always draft, and there are mm-hmm. basically three options. Mm-hmm. You can play uh, best of one. This is tends to be the ranked format. They're called premium. Well, there's two best of ones, right? So there's quick draft. Oh, but quick, yeah, I was going to get to that. Oh, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. So premium draft is a ranked option. It's best of one, and you're drafting against other players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's best of three. You're drafting against other players. It's an unranked option. Also, just for everyone, I wanted to say this. Uh, When we say best of three, we're talking about traditional. When it says traditional. Right. Anything that says traditional means that in order to win, you need to win two 
out of three potential games. Yeah, which is what you would normally do if you're at a game shop or something. Um, Best of One was kind of in, brought on by Arena. Because of Arena, yeah. yeah. So that you could get a, a whole match in in seven minutes, you know. Um, and then there's... So there's Best of Three, which is called Traditional. And that's unranked. And then there's Quick Draft, which you're drafting against computers. Yes. So you're drafting against these bots that wizards, the creators of MTG Arena have designed. The advantage of that is you can take as long as you want with each pick. You can even stop partway through the draft and go, you know, go do something oh, else. And, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, you can. I oh, did that's that cool. Yeah. And you can complete the draft later. Interesting. So that's the advantage of that. Yeah. Um, so I would say um, if you've never drafted before, <laughs> first, maybe look up just how to do it. It's not that complicated. Um, normally, if you're sitting down with friends, there's going to be eight of you. And you have three packs of magic cards that are, there's 15 cards in each pack. You open a pack, you take one, you pass it to the left. And you keep doing that until all the cards are gone. And then you go to the right and then you go back to the left. So you end up with a 45 card deck or 45 cards that you turn into a 40 card deck. Right. Um, well, 40 plus. 41, yes. No, Zach always <laughs> yes. plays 41. You, you play 41 cards so that you don't have to cut anything. So that you don't uh, mill out, right? Yeah, so you don't mill out. It's just, it's your, you have an edge, just a one card edge. And that's all you need for a mill. Um, not that Ruin Crab cares about one card. <laughs> it's going to get three of them. But, um, Okay, it's not a multiple of four anymore. Right? Yeah, exactly. I guess that's true. So um, it throws things off, maybe. <laughs> I don't think that deeply into to it. It's mainly that I don't want to cut one card. So I'm like, whatever, 41, that's fine. Ship it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> because cutting cards is hard. It it's is. Really, that's, it's, when you start drafting, you'll realize that's the hardest part. Cutting cards is the hardest thing. Even mm-hmm. when you're playing Constructed, you're like, how, how do I even... Do I not play four copies of that? It's, yeah. it get, that gets pretty intense. In the modern era of Magic, all the cards yeah. are so good. that. But basically... Um, so those are the three draft formats. Um, they cost different types of currency. So the two currencies that we have are gems and gold. Right. So gold is what they just give you every day yeah, when you're it's your, completing quests. Yeah, it's your free-to-play currency. Free-to-play currency. So that's what we're going to be kind of looking at a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. we made an arena account recently. Right. We started a, a new account so that we could be you know, up to date with how, what exactly you get. When Ex- you what, yeah, exactly. What exactly you get, um, see how great those cards are. They, they seemed a lot better than I remember when I had, uh, you get some real started. cards. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm like, okay, this feels, I mean, I was just like pleasantly surprised. Like, wow, this collection feels a lot better I agree. than yeah. I remember. Um, so they do give you a good amount of stuff. And, and I don't hate how much gold we had. Yeah. We already have in our we, account. We have a, a good amount i think we we could probably we can definitely draft we can quick draft with gold right um maybe so not premium draft yet, not premium draft yet so basically uh the different prices are it costs five thousand gold to quick draft and it costs ten thousand gold to premium draft yeah or traditional draft or traditional also ten thousand yes um and in gems that's uh 750 gems for quick draft and 1500 for premium so that's basically the different ways you can play on arena that's basically there's it. actually you can also join these queues right like i could join a standard event yes so they do have like seven yeah so they have like standard events and historic events usually um they cost gems or gold, and then you get gold back in cards, either like rare individual rare cards. Right, or and you play as many commons. matches as it takes to lose 
two or win five or something. Basically, yeah. Those are the that's the general setup. Yeah, and they do take a lot of. Uh, sometimes they'll have like metagame breakdowns where they, uh, you bring your best deck, and then they kind of use that. Um, those standings or, or basically what happens and which decks go higher and whatnot to kind of just get some statistics that they would like to balance the game a little bit more. Sure. Um, but they also have just fun, fun game things that just kind of happen. They have like FNM nights that are always different. Um, and they also just have random things. There was like back in September, there was Yargle Day where they were releasing the secret layer with Yargle and a bunch of arts of like Fatal Push and different things. Um, so they had one, like two, it was basically two days, but they called it Yargle Day. Was that September 3rd by any chance? It was September 3rd because Yargle is a 9-3. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and basically every deck had just a ridiculous amount of Yargles and it cost a lot cheaper and you just play Yargles. Um, and they're just kind of just for fun. Um, you can win, you can only win card styles essentially. So it costs gold or gems. And you win card styles. The most recent one was, they're calling it like a festival. Uh, so it's the Zendikar World Tour. So they kind of have like these postcard looking things. Yeah. Um, and you can win an, one of the Zendikar emotes and then three card styles. They're all white. You get the card style for Felidar Prowler, Canyon Jerboa, and Felidar Retreat. Well done on those card names. Yes. Yeah. I remember them. I tried. <laughs> um, yeah, the landfall alternate arts look amazing. So. Absolutely. So I actually played it so that I could get those. Right. Um, it did cost some gold, but the, I think it's it, something like two thousand gold. It, it, it was. I think it was twenty five hundred. Yeah. yeah. And you get no gold back. So if yeah. all you're worried about is building up your gold collection, and you don't care about art so if you don't care about cosmetics yeah basically it's not really the event for you yeah you're not gonna get your money back it's for people that have uh who are money bags like me who just like <laughs> right. like throwing it around a little bit you know just trying to to show off so hey, when man, I, I have some of the sweet cosmetics as well, i just want to play that fellow dar retreat and people be like whoa okay we're trying to tell right. people how to actually free to play arena. yeah <laughs> yeah that's true yeah so um those are just up to your discretion i would not recommend doing that if you're trying to free to play this game yeah, if you just want to grind gold, I mean, you have to make the decision yourself if those cosmetics are worth the 2,000 gold. For you. Yeah, which to me... Um, or 2,500. It, for me, it was more I wanted to play the decks that they had. They're like six different decks, um, five of different color pairs, and then one colorless one, and I just had a blast. Yeah, I thought they were super fun. fun. They were all just so... I, it just reminds me of playing like Magic as a kid, where you just like buy two decks from the store. And you just like don't you, you don't look at them. You just shuffle them up and just play. And you figure out what the deck does as you're playing. Right. And you're like, oh, oh that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. So, cool. And and so once you go through it, you know, like you only do it a couple times, but right. um, I value that more than I think other people do. Sure. So that so was for really, you. It's worth the twenty five hundred. Yes. And then I just get a bonus of some other stuff. But but being able to play decks that I didn't build is pretty fun. And just like just a random let's go. I I, I do like that. Especially if it's towards the end of the night, and I've had um, yeah some uh, some other uh, a few beers, a couple just, of the starters, yeah, just a couple starters, yeah, um, which is treating you well, treating me well, yeah. So, uh, do we have any tips for somebody? Let's say I just built my new arena account. Yeah. Now I'm now I know what the different formats are, how I can play. Do you have any tips for how I should build up my account? Yeah. So I think my first tip is it's not the exciting one but basically there if you're new to arena there's a five dollar welcome bundle it's 2500 gems and five packs of cards of the most recent set 
it is a really good value. It's definitely worth buying. And if that's the only money you spend on the game, that's the best you could ever do. Yeah, then you spent $5 for the game. You mm-hmm. can look at it that way, right? Um, yeah, that's the best bang for your buck in the entire store. You only get one chance to do it. I've actually heard... And it's only $5. Yeah, and I've heard of people that just like restart. They just want to play draft and they make new arena counts just to do that because it's cheaper for them to pay that if they're not caring about yeah, anything else. Yeah, because then $5 gets them two drafts, yeah. essentially. Basically. Pretty so close. Pretty close. So that is... Or five fantastic. quick drafts. Yeah. So um, depending on how well you do in those, you could try to keep it going until you can't anymore and then start a new account. Right. But if you're insistent, totally insistent on being free to play, I mean, you can grind up and we'll give you some tips on how to Absolutely. how to build up your account as well. But we do highly recommend the $5 welcome. Yeah, I, I really it's think it's, it. it's... We both did it. it on our accounts. Absolutely. We're probably going to do it on the Arena Regulars account. Yeah, we're, we'll do it there. Um, if I could do it again, I would. Right. Um, it'd be great. No regrets. No, no regrets. <laughs> No regrets. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have five or so tips. I don't know how many we have. We wrote five, but I we, think we have more than. Five. We wrote down, hey, let's do five tips, and we have a bunch of tips. So yeah. whatever, uh, take it what uh, what you can. Um, I think the first one that you actually taught me was that you have daily quests, right? Um, so every day you get a new quest to do. I don't know, play a certain color of card, or kill a creature, or play lands, or whatever. If if it you can either get five hundred gold or you can get seven hundred and fifty gold. Right. Most of them will pay you five hundred gold. Yeah. But there's some of them are seven hundred and fifty. And they're definitely worth getting because you're kind of they they take more cards or whatever. But if you're playing all the time, like you're just gonna it's just gonna happen. Yeah. So the thing we should mention is that you're allowed to quote unquote reroll. Yes. So once per day, you can click a quest that you don't like and try to get a new quest. Mm-hmm. And what we're saying is that if, if the quest is ever 500 gold... For whatever it is. It doesn't matter doesn't what matter. the actual goal is. Yes. You should re-roll it to try to get 750. Always. Because the difficulty is not completing the quests. No. If you want, if it says play 30 lands, you build a deck that's all lands, you just play and you just spend you the just, whole yeah, game playing And you playing just like cultivate or whatever. You get just... it done in 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, if it's play, you know, 25 red cards, you just build an all red deck. Or you play the all red deck that they gave you already. Right, because none of the quests are conditional on winning. So you exactly. can just build a deck that's designed to... To do the task you want it to do. Right. If it's like kill 25 of their creatures, you just play mono black and you only have removal spells. Right. So I feel like a lot of new players will try to... They'll prefer quests that they think are easier for them to complete. Or colors that they like. Or colors that they They're like. Like, oh, this is my deck, so I'm going to keep this one always re-roll it no you should always go for the 750 gold because yeah. that's a lot more gold than 500 yeah and also like you can keep quests up to uh, basically you can have three at a time right three so days. um you can re-roll it one day and if you don't have a lot of time even if i've had it if i have like a quest that's like halfway done the next day if i get a quest at 750 i'm gonna re-roll the one i'm almost finished with and try right. to get 750 again. oh yeah i've had it like you know play 30 lands and i've played 29 and I re-roll it because I want to Because you might as well. I mean, like, I, I mean, we are playing a lot, so it's just going to happen. We're also drafting, so you're playing a bunch of different colors and right. stuff. So, But, yeah, one of your early goals on a new account is to finish these quests. Mm-hmm. You should be able to finish any quest. So always push for the, the one that pays you out higher. Pays the most. Yeah. Also, uh, talking about free stuff that you just get, check the store. Yes. The everyday uh, for us, we're on the East Coast, East Coast-ish. 
the yeah. Eastern time zone. We're in Eastern time zone. Uh, and so for us, the, the store updates at 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, but I believe on the Pacific, it's 9 or something like that. Or is it 8? I think it's 9. I think they are three hours behind. Oh, so then it would be 8. So it would be 8. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's basically everything is kind of clocked where, in Seattle because that's where uh, Wizards is. Right. Um, so if anything's talking about times, it's usually uh, Seattle's the, the preferred one that they're talking about. So for us, it's 11. And um, I check the store every day just to, to see what it is. Most of the time, it's just card styles, sleeves. Sometimes it's like your avatar, pets, or whatever. Um, but every once in a while, they will give away free stuff. So it'll be like, today, the daily deal, that's what it's called, the daily deal. It'll be like, you get 550 gold for 50 gold. So you pay 50 gold and get 550 back. So you just get that's free. That's a sweet deal. Yeah. So it's a really good reason to always keep at least some money in both of your gems and your gold. First of all, don't ever go to zero because you'll miss out on these kinds of things. Um, but they also give out free gems as well, which is awesome. I've seen that as well, yeah. 100 gems for 50 gold. Yeah, and you're like, absolutely. If I can turn my gold into gems... That's what you're trying to that's do. That's what you're yeah. trying to do. That's great. Yeah, um, so obviously Wizards does this to keep you going to the shop every day. Yes. But it works. You should go to the shop You should go day. to the shop every day. Or you can just follow us on Twitter, and we will tell you whenever <laughs> yeah. something is happening. So on Twitter, we're just... At the arena regulars. And anytime there's free gold, we'll let you know. We'll tell you. So if you want to sit back, we'll, we'll do all the, the heavy lifting for you. So I think that's a pretty good lead in to one thing I wanted to talk about. Let's do it. Which is just general gold management. Cool. So when you're designing a free-to-play economy like Wizards has had to do with MTG Arena, I mean, I won't get in, I won't go on the huge math tangent I was going to go on here. But basically, they never want you to know how much the free-to-play currency is worth. Mm -hmm. So different events, you know, okay, so a, you said a draft is 1,500 gems or it's 10,000 gold. Yes. So that tells me that 1,000 gold gets me 150 gems, right? Mm -hmm. A different event will be priced differently so that I don't get an intuitive feeling for how much gems and gold Are, the relative worth is. Yes. Which means that there are bad deals out there, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes they just up the amount of gold you have to pay. So as a free-to-play player, you're getting screwed. Yes. So you kind of have to watch out for that. The biggest and most egregious one is that they ask you to spend 1,000 gold on a pack mm -hmm. in the store. This is really tempting for new players. Yes. Right? Because 1,000 gold is not that much, mm -hmm. and packs are cool. Packs but a pack cool. is not worth very much on mm -hmm. MTG Arena. You get a very small amount of progress in the, towards a wild card and one random rare that if you get a rare you don't like, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. It's basically saying that 6,000 gold is worth one wild card. Right. It's kind of what it is. Right. And so um, we value, what What did we figure out? That a, a pack is worth pretty close to 27 gems. About 27 gems. Once yeah. you complete a set, uh, you so if you have all the rares and mythics of the set, even if you only have all the rares, um, what because when, when you open packs on Arena, they're not going to give you a fifth copy of something. That's one great thing about being on Arena instead of in paper, is that you're not going to open the fifth copy of Right. This was a big card. problem a while ago, but they sorted it out. People were yeah. complaining about opening fifth copies of stuff. Yeah. So basically, that isn't a problem. Uh, once you have your playset of four copies, that's it. You're never going to have to open that card again. Um, if you're just cracking packs or whatever is you get from whatever, I don't know, rewards or what you're getting. Um, but if you've completed the entire set, they'll give you 20 gems. For a rare? For a rare. 
and um, 40 for a mythic. Is it? I don't think I've ever got 40 gems yeah, 40 in a pack. A, yeah, but the the way that has to happen is you have to have four of every mythic in the that's set. That's true. That's yeah, true. I don't think I've ever gotten to that point. Yeah, but it is 40 for a mythic. And so we looked up the relative drop rates. Yep. How often do you get a mythic in... Well, Jeff did this. Jeff, so <laughs> if you don't know, Jeff is a, a math doctor. Yeah. And when I say, I mean, do- he actually has a PhD in math. Yeah. Well, I actually, technically, I, I get my diploma next month. Okay, I well, uh, defended my he, thesis. he did all the things he had to do. We yeah. can still call him a doctor. So listen to Jeff when he talks about math. Yeah, but basically the short, the short of it is uh, based on the drop rates, how often a rare becomes a mythic rare, and the fact that a mythic rare will get you 40 gems instead of 20. A pack and the fact that the commons and uncommons are worth very little. Yes. Uh, a pack is worth a little over 27 gems. So if you spend a thousand gold on a pack, you're getting twenty-seven gems worth out of your thousand gold. Whereas if you draft, remember that ten thousand gold gets you fifteen hundred gems. So a thousand gold would get you one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. gems. So you're getting way more value out way of more your value. gold. So that's just a thing to be um, mindful of: is w- how much is my gold worth mm-hmm. in gems? Because gems is what you pay for. It's Gems is essentially a rescaling of money yes. in MTG Arena because it's the currency you pay for. And yeah. gem, uh, gold is what you have to work for. Exactly. And you should always be trying to convert your gold to gems. Mm-hmm. And so understanding the relative value of your gold in terms of gems is something that Arena doesn't want you to be able to do easily. But we want you to do that easily. Right. Uh, so don't spend 1,000 gold on a pack. Don't do it. The, I mean, I've definitely done it before, so don't feel like horrible about no, yourself no, I, if you're like, I'm gonna, I want to do it. But most of the time, it's when I need just one more pack to get a, a rare wild card. Because right. I am so low on rare wild cards that like, I sometimes you're trying to build something, you're like, I just really need one more copy of this thing. Right. You know, obviously do whatever you want to do. Um, it's not going to be the best bang for your buck, but I also uh, I. I buy gems, so, you know, Yeah. <laughs> t- take it as you will. Uh, but if you want a free-to-play, I would say don't do that. Right. So we have mentioned wild cards a lot, but I don't mm-hmm. think we've ever talked about really what they are. What's a wild card, Jeff? Yeah. So a wild card is basically Arena's system for letting you actually get the cards you want. It's fantastic. So rather than just have, you know, if I open a pack, I get a, a random rare. Mm-hmm. But every pack I open, and basically everything I do gives me a little bit of progress towards a wild card. Just just packs you open, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if I play uh, enough standard games, then I... like You you can unlock packs to get... Yeah, I get the, the rewards. And, from and, the... Yeah, yeah. I, I build my, sorry, experience. Experience. And then I get packs from the experience. From your experience. Right. From the yeah. So I would say actually wild cards are your most valuable commodity. Absolutely. Because they let you play the deck you want to play. It's also important because you cannot just buy wild cards. You can't just hey, no, hey exactly. here, here's ten dollars, I'm gonna get ten wild cards. You S- some games let that. you do that, but Arena does Arena not. Arena does not do let you do that. You would have to buy gems and then convert gems into packs and then open those packs and for every six packs you get one wild card and it's either like it's Mostly a rare, sometimes a mythic rare. And sometimes a mythic rare. Yeah. And for me, and you it's... you pick up uncommons along the and, way. And yeah, and the uncommons and commons you won't have a problem getting. Yeah. You're, that's not going to be You're going to have way too many of those. Yeah, <laughs> and you're going to have not enough rares. And for me, it's I don't have any rares. I have tons of commons and commons, and I have mythics. But I just need rares. 
So that becomes something that's really important. Uh, so don't just blow them on anything. That is the precious jewel of the game. <laughs> Keep right. those. Save yeah. them for important things that you want. Don't just throw them about. And that's why I say it's the most valuable commodity, right? Yes. Even more so than gems, because we can't just trade our gems for wild cards, even yeah. if we want to. Even if we want to. Yeah, so there's common, uncommon, rare, and mythic, and you basically exchange one wild card for one card of that rarity of your choosing. Yeah. And... So Teferi isn't going to cost me over whatever it costs in paper, 20-something dollars. Right. All rares are basically the They're same price. the same price. price. Now... That's offset by the fact that I can't sell my rares back to somebody. True. Once I craft them, it's in your collection forever. But it's also in your collection forever. Right. <laughs> so that's, to me, that's awesome. I mean, like, I like collecting a lot of stuff. I have a really hard time selling my paper cards. Uh, in, in paper, I tend to just, like, kind of collect things. And I just, it's it's difficult for me to, like, get oh, yeah. rid of stuff. I never sell them either. But the idea that I can okay, sell them. Okay, yes. Yeah. The idea that you can sell them uh, is a nice thing. I always know that if I, you know... Shop economy is completely different in paper, right. obviously. So I I just love the idea that if I have a uh, if I have a mythic wild card, I can make that mythic. I can make it, you know, whatever I want, um, which is great. I don't have to just like break the bank to build some deck. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've loved that as well. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that you know I got into brewing my own decks is that I would just refuse to spend $400 on a standard deck in paper insane absolutely insane and so now that I can build the, play those decks because it doesn't cost me anything different than my brew would cost yeah I still don't do it but exactly. I could <laughs> yeah and what's really great about having wild cards and not having to spend money on magic cards in paper is that I have more money to spend on beer that's right and with that uh how's your beer doing I'm done you're done all right I think we're gonna take a beer break all right, let's do it. Let's crack a beer. Crack it up. Yeah, so now I'm drinking this Bob Cajun Brewing mm -hmm. Company, their Dockside Red Ale. Yep, I'm 5%. On four. Now I'm on the starter. Yeah. Here we go. Cheers. Cheer. Air cheers. Air cheers. Okay. Okay. All right. I see it. I like it. I like this duck. There's like a picture of a duck and like some trees on this. Yeah. I think the aesthetic is really nice of this can. Yeah, you can check out our Instagram if you want to see what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, it's a nice it's, can. It's, it's a nice can. actually why I bought it. Yeah, I think it's nice. Anytime there's like brown on a can, I'm like more interested. Because mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of beers that have brown on them. You yeah. know what I mean? Usually they're trying to be like bright and flashy or like crazy. Like this one? That one's not really bright and flashy. It, it kind of looks like an award. It looks like it got an award. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, this is the starter. That's it. It's pretty bright. <laughs> It's, I mean, it is bright. There, yeah. It's quite orange, but, um, but yeah. So, yeah, what were we talking about? Right, wild cards. Wild cards. Yeah, so basically once you craft a wild card, is it just it's just there forever, right? Yeah. You just have that It's card. in your collection forever. It's just in your collection. Yeah. So there's the obvious concern. Yeah. What if this card that I created forever gets banned? Because last week on the Arena Regulars episode one, I heard there was a whole bunch of There's bans. a ton of bannings. Yeah. Last week, uh, yeah, there was a lot. Um, but what's great is that once a card gets banned, you get a wild card version of every copy that you already owned. Right. So if you had four Omnaths, you got four Mythic wild cards back. But what if Omnath, I mean, Omnath was banned in Standard and Historic, but what yeah. if something was only banned in Standard? You still get the wild card. I still get the wild card. You do. But I could still play it in Historic? Exactly. And I still keep my copies? Correct. Oh, well, that's great. So, 
what we're proposing is that if there's a ban announcement coming up and you hear the murmurs of people saying, oh, this card's going to get banned. Watch out. Oh, it's too powerful. It's going to get banned in standard. All this stuff. Or if your favorite hosts on the Regulars podcast tell you. If we tell you it's going to get banned, what you should do is take your wild cards and craft four copies of the cards that are going to get banned. Right. And so when they get banned, you get four of those wild cards back and you can play all the copies you have in historic. Right. Now, for example, with the most recent ban, Omnath got banned at both. Yes. So, so that tough luck. Mean, you just can't use yeah. your Omnaths. But hey, you still, it was still free. It's still free. You get four back, whatever. And what's also good is that for us here on the Eastern Time Zone, we can see the ban announcement before they show the ban right. in Arena. So we can log so in there's at about, 10 a.m. Yeah, here. Craft them that we already know that there's, if they do the ban at that time, I guess. I think probably they'll just do it all at 9 a.m. But yeah. basically it gets leaked before they actually announce it yeah, every of, single yeah, time. A lot of times that will happen or um, a lot of streamers have speculations or people on Twitter are just yelling about it. Um, but basically just kind of keep your finger on the pulse a little bit and just see what's going on because you can benefit from those things. Yeah, you just get your free, for example, when Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath was banned in Standard, yeah. you crafted all of them you right You told before. me to do it, and yeah. I was like, absolutely, I'm jumping on and top of that. And now you can play that card in Historic. And now I have four copies. you nothing. Yeah, that before I was hesitant because I was like, well, if it gets banned, I don't want to have four right. copies. So Now yeah. something that's worth mentioning, mm-hmm. if I... Have my Uros. Yes. It got banned in Standard. Yes. Get my four wild cards back. Mm-hmm. If it now gets banned in Historic, mm-hmm. they know that they already gave me four wild cards for the Standard banning. They won't give me four more. They won't. But if I didn't have it when it was banned in Standard and I've crafted it in the interim, mm-hmm. they will give me the wild cards back. So they're, they're keeping track of whether they they've know. already given you your wild cards exactly. back or not. And so, of course, if it's banned in Standard and it's going to get banned in Historic... I don't know, maybe you craft them to play in Brawl or something. But yeah, but like... It's still worth just having them in your account. You Might know. as well. Who? Yeah. I mean, like, they're free. You have them. You might find a use for them at some point. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, you never know. So you never know. Might as well just get... If it's you free. can get things for free, free, just get things for free. Right. Like, come on. Um, but if I have, like, multiple versions of, let's say, like, all those commons and uncommons, right? Normally, I just put those in a box and I just, like, give them to a store or, like, some kid on the street or whatever yeah what what happens in arena like i have so arena has a system in place right so you already mentioned if you have four of a rare or four of a mythic rare yeah you open that so you're not going to open rares you already have once you have all the rares you start to get gems yes but what about the uncommons and commons Mm -hmm. because you get those so fast yeah well any card you already own if you get it another time whether that's in a pack or from a reward whatever It goes towards something called the vault. Mm-hmm. And the way that works is, as you I don't know the exact numbers, but as you accumulate enough, eventually you get to 100% vault progress. Yes. You can click on the little flashing vault icon. That has an arrow. It's like, it's there. Right. And it gives you a mythic rare wild card, two rare wild cards, and then I think three uncommon wild cards for yeah. some reason. Um, so you get basically from collecting enough uncommons and commons you get rares and mythic rares yes now the first tip i have for you is that this is just something i do and to be totally honest there's no sort of definitive advantage i just kind of like doing it mm-hmm. um you can't see the vault icon or your progress at all because until I, yeah. you've completed it 
because I have like no idea what's going on with my vaults. I just like know it's there. Right. It's kind of just like, you know, it, it will tell me and I'll crack it when it's when ready. When it's free, you'll get it. Yeah. I kind of like seeing where I'm at because oh. then I can go and try to do stuff to get it to the 100%. So what I do is, for example, my vault right now is at 185%. I let it go past 100 and then that icon is always there. Mm -hmm. And then it'll tell me how close I am to 200 before I open it. So you only... You only so open I admit, it once it's past 200 so you right. always have 100 and then i you always, always know exactly the percentage amount of course i'm giving up on the rare the two rare wild cards and the one mythic that i kind of have sitting there if i yeah, ever need them that's true you can I'll, I'll open them yeah but i just really like knowing exactly what percentage i'm at that's really nice i have a hard time with that <laughs> it does take a little bit of self-control it takes a lot it takes a lot of self-control first of all and it's not only just that I want the wild cards because those rare ones are so important to me at this stage, um, but it's also that there's something flashing every time I open Arena right. and I really have a hard time just having that there. Yeah. It feels like something's out of place and I need to just yeah. get rid of but it. But as I said, you're not giving up any like mathematical advantage here. Yes. Right? I just kind of like knowing my vault problems. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of fun. Um, and most of the time, I mean, for me, like when you're drafting, Mm -hmm. If you draft uh, a rare that you already have four copies of, they will give you gems afterwards. Right. Um, but all the commons and uncommons, they go straight to the to the vault. Right so to like, the vault. Yeah. If you're you're drafting a lot, your vault will go up and up and up. Like that's what will really start yeah. to happen. Drafting builds your account very quickly, mm -hmm. especially if you're good at it and you can win your money back. Yeah. So the a lot of people will try to get um, basically five wins will get your money back in. Yeah. Premier four draft. wins is pretty close. Four wins is yeah. pretty close. And so most of the time, if I've drafted and I get four, I go four or three, I'm happy. Right. You know, I basically spent a uh, hundred gems to get a bunch of cards and a, a good night. And maybe even 40 gems back. Yeah. And yeah. And depending on how far I am in the set, uh, I'll get those gems back. Right. So, but the way the vault system works it gives you actually a kind of sneaky way to use the uncommon and common wild cards. You're going to have hundreds of them eventually. Yeah. So let's say a new set comes out. Right. Like we just had Zendikar Rising come out and you had, I don't know. Almost 300 uncommon wild cards. That's insane. Who knows how many insane. commons. Uh, so what you do is you go in mm -hmm. and as soon as the set comes out, you craft all the commons and uncommons, four of them. All of them. Now, once I draft... Every card I pick, essentially, that's not a rare, is going towards vault progress. Just immediately. So I was able to convert those uncommon and common wild cards into rare and mythic rare wild cards. Albeit at a horrible rate. You know, like hundreds of wild cards yeah, for one or two exactly. at a time. But it's still, I mean, the uncommon and common wild cards are useless. You have so many of them. Yeah, if they're just sitting with you, if you have no, for, for you, if you're starting your account, you will need them. That is not something you're going to want to do. No, if you but, get to the place where you have like 400 uncommon wild cards lying around right. and a new set comes out, do it. But it won't even take you, you won't get 400 maybe right away, but it, you'll get to a point where it's not a consideration that you don't have enough common or uncommon yeah, wild if you, cards. If you get to the point where you're like, it doesn't even matter, right. just you and can totally do that. that happens totally pretty fast. And mm -hmm. that's when, if a new set happens to be coming out, when you're hitting that point. This is the way to convert them into yes. rares and The one thing I will say is that if you're starting right now, you won't have any cards for historic. Right. Really. So most of those commons and uncommons, you will want to keep some around for yeah, historic yeah. builds. You can spend them more judici judiciously. Uh, yes. Yeah. If you're doing those kinds of things. Mm -hmm.
Um, but if you're focused on standard play or you, you know, I would, you know, might as well craft as many as you can and then keep 50 or whatever, right. or 25, eh, who knows? Um, but that's just something to consider. It is a way to build your vault up very quickly when a new set yeah. comes up. So if you're a new player, that's something down the line. If you're someone sitting there right now with several hundred uncommon wild cards, this yeah. is something to keep in mind for if, the next yeah, set. Yeah, if you're trying to figure out what to do with all these, mm -hmm. that's exactly what you do. Right. And so the last thing I kind of want to mention as our arena tips is I've kind of mentioned it a few times, the idea of converting gold to gems. Mm -hmm. And there is actually a concrete way to do that, and that is drafting. Okay. Premier draft. Yes. Because the prizes in premium draft are gems. Yes. Right? So a lot of events pay you out in gold. If you get so many wins, you get this much gold. More wins is more gold. Yeah. But premium draft is something that you can actually enter with gold. And the prizes are all in gems. Mm -hmm. So as we, we sort of mentioned, four to five is the break point. Yeah. Five means you've made money, and four means you've lost a very small amount. A hundred, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you can consistently get to four or five wins, what you're doing now is you're converting your 10,000 golds into 1,500 or so gems. gems. If you go all the way, you get 2,200 gems and six packs. Which that's, is... That's great for 10,000 Yeah, gold. also, yeah. that's just bragging rights. That's where you take the screenshot of your deck. Oh, yeah. You send it to your buddy. For sure. Uh, basically, Jeff sends me all of his seven win decks, <laughs> and I've sent him one because I'm not as good as he is. <laughs> that was exciting, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a... a a Discord channel. Where so. we talk to each other a lot, so we have a bunch of different things. But um, whenever the deck list one pops up or drafts pops up, I know that he's he's sending me a seven wins. I think you've probably sent me about five. I, I had a good little round there. Yeah, where... and I've sent him probably one and maybe a couple that weren't even seven wins. They, but were, they were close, closer. <laughs> they were good decks. <laughs> they were good decks, and I was like, how did this not get whatever? Uh, maybe I'm just not good at uh, playing. When I had the one with three ruined crabs, I knew you were really going to hate it. <laughs> so bad. You just love ruined crab. Oh, man. I pick ruined crab way too much and way too highly, and I know that now. Well, I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk about draft a little later. <laughs> specific will? strategies. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But that's why I really recommend, I mean, draft is really hard if you're a new player. There's yeah. no doubt about it. So we were saying get into the bot drafts, the uh, quick drafts. Yeah, so the quick drafts, um, basically what happens is when a new set comes out, you can, you can play sealed. So sealed is different than draft. We hadn't talked about this, but it's only open for the first two weeks or so of a new set. Right. It costs 2,000 gems to play, um, but you get six packs when you enter, and you always get three packs at least back when you, even if you don't win anything, you still get three packs back. So it's a good it's a good way to get a lot of the new cards really quickly. Also, the format will go a little slower than draft. Um, and it's, it's well, I mean, I always do it at the beginning of a draft because that's, it's equivalent to like a pre-release right. and paper. Yeah, I do it too, mostly because it's fun. I don't yeah. think the prize payout is quite as good as drafting. I, I, I also agree. I, you do just get a lot of cards. Yeah. You won't get as many gems, but you're going to get a ton of cards. Yeah, so you, it's, it, is, it is a lot of fun, too. Yeah, it's also a lot of fun, which I usually <laughs> think that like fun is the most important thing. And For then sure. Everything that's, else. that's our philosophy. Yeah, here. right. Um, though it is good to, to mention the quick drafts, they will have like the new set quick drafts for a few weeks, and then they start to do old set quick drafts. Yeah. Um, which is a great way to build up your historic collection or your stand. Well, actually, no, they don't do historic drafts. They just do standard, old standard sets. So they'll do, I think they're doing Eldraine. And when, a, when a new historic sets comes out, 
you can do it, but yeah, it's a premium draft. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. a premium draft. All the all the historic saying. drafts are premium drafts. Right. All the quick drafts will be older standard sets. Uh, so they'll kind of go through Eldraine and then Theros and uh, Ikoria again. Um, and Eldraine's a good way to get all those busted Eldraine cards. Actually, yeah, yeah, Eldraine's great. That's a that's a great set, and also just a rare draft for that. Um, which there is nothing wrong with rare drafting, especially in arena, because number one, if you're against bots, who cares? Right. Um, number two. Like if you need it for if you're playing to get cards or get wild cards for a constructed deck and you see that card, take it. It's right. it can be really difficult to get those cards. We're, any other we're in a day and age where you're going to get enough playables. Yeah, and so the relative value of a card that's going to help your deck. I think this discussion has changed a lot over the years because yeah. it used to be that you wouldn't get enough really good cards to make twenty three for yeah. your standard deck for your standard mm -hmm. limited deck. And now that's not true. You usually have 27 or 28 cards. So many and cards. as you mentioned, the hard part is cutting them. Yeah. So taking uh, a rare that you need for constructed yeah. over uh, a really good uncommon for your deck, I think the expected value of taking the rare is actually higher. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and also just like the like anytime you see a set of like lands that you need, rare lands, Right. Yeah, yeah. If it's not in your colors, just take it anyway. If you don't have four of them, you're gonna play them at some point in a constructed format. Right. Take the pathways. Take anything like any of the rare land. Take the, the castles, the temples, like the triomes. Do it. And I think that's perfect segue right into our next segment. Here. Yeah. And our next segment, we're going into. We want to build a list of staples for historic. Right. So, so you mentioned earlier, historic is basically every card on arena. Every card on arena. Yeah. Uh, you know, modulo a few ones that they decided were not fun for the format, so they banned yeah, so, or suspended so you, them. Yeah, you have some banned ones. Um, but basically, I so I was trying to get into uh, Historic, right. right? And I didn't know the best way. I was like, do I just look up a deck list? Uh, mm -hmm. What? I have some of these, like, wild cards, and I don't know what I want to do with them. Maybe I want to, like, just get cards like uh recently um Amonkhet remastered came out right mm -hmm. and so i was drafting it a bunch and i didn't know what cards i was looking for for historic right um because that set also had a bunch of random cards from other sets just mm -hmm. to kind of get into historic and it it was uh i was just thinking man it would it would be so great if there was like a list of cards that are just these are staples you will see in lots of different decks if you're playing this color you're probably going to have this card in your deck right. um or at least it's not a mistake to have it in your deck exactly yeah you have some sort of reason not to um so what we've done is we're we're going to start a journey it's not finished and it probably never will be finished and we'll kind of add cards or maybe subtract cards or do different things depending on what's going on uh, but we are making a historic staples list. Right. So this is kind of moving away from the uh, your beginning your arena account. This is for more seasoned players who are playing historic. Uh, most people who have started their arena account are kind of playing standard and not really getting into a deeper format. But if you have a bigger card collection, historic's fantastic. I think it's really fun too. Yeah. And I've there's a lot of tournaments that play with it as well. I mean, obviously any of the ones that we've watched recently are playing historic or, or standard, but yeah. they're playing arena stuff. So let's... yeah. And, and so even if you are building your standard collection, yeah, maybe you're a little on the fence. Oh, should I craft this card for this deck I want? Well, if it's on our historic staples list, might as well. Yeah. You can craft it without feeling guilty because yeah. you know, this card is great. It's going to be used. You're going to be able to use it a lot in the future. Yeah. Um, so the first big thing, with our list 
is lands. Right. Your mana base is so important in constructed. Don't play decks with bad mana. Don't play decks with bad mana. Don't don't do it. Yeah. Like you are gonna have a bad time. You're gonna yell at wizards You're because get you frustrated. think that magic is bad because of this thing. I mean, it 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 there is a big concept of people getting frustrated by mana screw. And right. recently the set we have seen cards that specifically are working against this like right. the the double-faced modal cards or whatever you want to call them great way to address the problem yeah really. that's exactly what they're trying to do right they're trying to make it fun for everybody you can play extra lands that also in the late game could be spells right. those cards are awesome they're they're and fantastic they hit the right balance on they, them they didn't make them too good i don't think any of them are super busted they're really nice um but when we're just talking about like get your your mana base like you ne no one ever wants to play a game where you don't have enough lands or you have too many lands like right like or or you don't have the right colors right that's a really big thing or it comes into play tapped and you needed it that turn right yeah. it's huge so wasting a turn by playing a tap land or things like that it can really be detrimental and we just spent however much time telling you how wild cards are so important and i know it feels bad to use a wild card it feels really bad i it's not fun it's not fun but the fun comes later if you can shift your priorities knowing that like i'm investing into this format or i'm investing into this game um i know that i'm gonna need these and a really good way to do that is to decide what your favorite colors are mm -hmm. if you have a favorite color pair and you know that any new set black green <laughs> sure <laughs> i know you like flying gold it's the best one no it's well we well whatever it's your favorite <laughs> that's fine yes it's you okay 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 i'm recruiting um, recruiting zombies recruiting right. zombies um i mean i also i like black blue but uh but anyway if if you know what your favorite colors are or your favorite color and a couple pairs you can always focus on those cards and those lands specifically knowing that like if i'm playing standard it, like a lot of people are playing rogues right yeah if you're playing demir rogues you need the pathways mm -hmm. like you need the triumphs the the sultai triumph like well i guess maybe you don't need it but like you are going to be working on that color pair. So get all the the lands of those color pairs first, maybe. Maybe you're right. going to play Historic deck and you're looking for only Demir um, cards, right? You're going to make a Demir deck. Just do that. Or even Sultai, as you mentioned. Right? Sultai. You need the Triumphs. You need each of the two color pairs right. that go into Sultai. And Sultai is great in Historic as well. So Trust me, if you spend the time building up your mana base, then you can start brewing any deck you want. You just throw in the lands you need you don't have to worry about being stumbling stumbling yeah, on mana you're never gonna have to later think oh man i spent i just got four copies of this awesome bomb and you look at your mana base and you're like crap it's like double black it's gonna be really hard to play this card because i don't have the right stuff right. like if you have the foundation it'll just be so much and this is why zach keeps saying he has no rare wild cards because i spent all my rare <laughs> wild cards on all of these lands yeah we because can't I, stress it enough. You I went it. so hard. Every time I got a new one, I would immediately, like, I would make sure I had zero rare wild cards so I wouldn't have a lapse of uh, yeah. mental <laughs> certainty, right? I would accidentally draft or, uh, like, Use craft something yeah, I didn't yeah. need. I would mm -hmm. always make sure, like, okay, now I'm going to finish this set of these lands or whatever. Because lands never go out of style. You're always going to need them. They're always good. It's really hard to get worked into you because it always feels bad. Right. It's it, just not the fun way to. It's spend not your fun, wild card. right? The 
the more you've played, the more you see how important these things are. I remember when I was a kid, rare lands were the worst thing you could possibly get right. in a pack. Oh, like, no, I opened a polluted delta. Damn it. Yeah. You know, like, that's the worst. Like, it felt horrible. Like, I have to pay a life, and it doesn't even tap for mana. Yeah, like, this I, card sucks. And I get a, just a regular swamp. But that's yeah. dumb. Like, it's, it was... I understand that feeling. Oh, this land, like, right. comes into play tapped, or I have to deal two damage to myself, so it doesn't? Like... Right. Like I, I totally get how that feels, but it's they're so important. Maybe a good way to put it is you're gonna craft these lands eventually, anyway. Yes, you will. It, it, we promise you, you will craft them when you them. play longer or anything. You are going to know that your mana base is so important. So just do it now. You're gonna be thanking us forever and ever after this because once you do it, you don't have to do it again. Right. And so there's a ton of different types of lands. Yes, there are. <laughs> So we'll we'll use the kind of colloquial terms for them. First, we'll explain what they are, of course. Right. But yeah. So the ones that are in standard right now yes. are called pathways, the pathways for the obvious reason that every card has pathway in its name. Yeah, it's something pathway. Yeah. And these are the ones where one side is basically uh, a land that taps for one color, and the other side is a land that taps for a different color. Mm -hmm. And you choose when you play it which side you're yeah. you're getting. So basically in your hand, you just have to figure out what color you need. So a lot of the play pattern is just like waiting until the last land you have to play is that one. You get to right. decide what you're missing. These lands are very good. They are. But of course, you have to choose when you play it. So it doesn't tap for blue or white every turn. It taps for... Whatever you chose. Yeah. At the time. Blue-white's maybe a bad example because I don't think there is a blue-white pathway. But blue-black. Yeah, blue-black. Yeah. I either play it essentially as an island or essentially as a swamp. Yes. Uh, it doesn't have that basic land subtype. That's why I say yeah. essentially. But okay, it taps for either blue or black, and I choose that when I play it. Exactly. Um, they're very good, but they're these lands are not good for decks that want to play double blue and double black, for example. Yes. Because or I have triple to, black. Yeah. Right. Imagine I have uh, a historic deck that's blue black control, and I want to be able to play Narset one blue blue on turn three. And then I want to be able to play something that costs two black mana on turn four. Which a big one is like a, a lot of there's these lands that are on like three pips of whatever color they are. And then they come into play or their lands. Right. right? So Agadim's Awakening is right. the black I one. I want to be able to do Agadim's Awakening. There's three black in it. So you have to think about these things that are in your deck. Right. And it can be kind of hard. Uh, depending on what your hand is or all that kind of stuff. Or you just have to make a tough choice, right? Yeah. Which card am I going to play? You're like, well, I have a double blue card in my hand. I'll play the blue side. Then you get two more islands and you're like, right. okay, well. On the other hand, if everything in your deck only has one pip of its color, these are probably the best lands Yeah. in, in the entire they just, game. Because they fix you and you don't yeah. have to worry about that. Right. Feel bads. So um, I highly recommend path, uh, con crafting pathways as soon as possible because they're in standard right now, and they are very powerful lands, mm -hmm. but you should understand their weakness, that if I want to play, you know, when the blue-white pathway does come out, if I want to play a blue-white control deck that is trying to play Narset 1 blue-blue into Wrath of God 2 white-white, mm -hmm. and a lot of time you want your Narset to find your Wrath of God, that's yeah. why you play it, uh, the pathways are not good for that. Yes. But those are the ones that are in standard. The other ones in standard are temples, Yes, temples. So you get one of those with each of your starter decks already. Right. Um, but they are the ones they enter tapped, and they they tap for one of the two colors that it taps for, and it also scries when it enters the battlefield. Right. Now, it should be noted that entering tapped is a huge downside. 
It's very, so very... That's why they scry one, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's a big downside, and mm-hmm. they're trying to mitigate that a little bit. So what kind of decks would play temples? Well, not anything aggressive. Yeah. If you have one drops and two drops, cards that cost one mana or cards that cost two mana, a lot of them in your deck, the temples are really going to slow you down. Yeah. Because you'll be playing your card that costs one mana on turn two, your card that costs two mana on turn three. Yeah. Or you play, you have to decide, I'm going to play my one drop, skip my two drop, and play my three drop. Like that, yeah. you really need to curve out in those decks so it's really difficult to to mitigate that right on the other hand decks that don't have cards any cards that cost one mana well now the temple gives them a way to make use of their first turn if they were to just play an island mm-hmm. and then pass the turn and then not use that mana they've just wasted one mana in the game yes if they play a temple it gives them some freedom to cast spells in the future because it gives them two colors and it gave them a little bit of extra value in the yeah. scry so if you weren't going to use that mana anyways these are the kind of decks that would want to play temples. You don't, you don't particularly plan on coming out of the gates fast. Yes. And you want a way to use turn one mm-hmm. and turn two to actually generate advantage. Yes. Instead of just wasting it. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is the triomes are still in standard. Yeah. So these are three color lands, which is very powerful already. Unfortunately, they do enter the battlefield tapped. Always. This is a huge downside, as we mm-hmm. mentioned before, but the, the mitigation here is that they have cycling. They have cycling, and they're also the, the, the right. land type of the three different lands. Right. So we should mention that uh, pathways and temples are not... They don't have land types. For example, the blue-red temple or pathway are not islands or mountains. Yes. Whereas the blue-red-white triome is an island, a mountain, and a plains. Exactly. And it cycles for three mana, right. three generic mana. If you get it late in the game, you can cycle it away, get a new card. Right. So who wants to play Pathways? The answer is kind of obvious. Three color decks. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so powerful. Or Triomes, you mean. Or who, Sorry, yeah. Who wants to play Triomes? Three color decks. Three color decks want to play Triomes. Mm-hmm. Because, well, it's a land that taps for all three colors. Exactly. And if you have too many lands in the late game, you get rid of it. And Boom. you draw a new card. Moving on to historic, what are the big lands there? So the two, I mean, there's two really big ones. Um, The most important, absolutely, these are the ones that we're focusing on, like historicalist, craft these, your shock lands. Right. These are the lands that have come in the Ravnica sets three times. Mm -hmm. This is the land that it enters the battlefield tapped, or you can have it deal two damage to you and it enters untapped. Right. So they're called shock lands because shock deals is a two damage. spell that deals two damage. So. Also very important, they do have the land types as well. So they, if you play the Azorius one, you get a plains and an island. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great for really aggressive decks because you can, most of the time those decks don't really care about their life as much. They're just trying to go as fast as possible. You have a dual land that enters untapped and you can go the way you want to go. Right. With them... You also have check lands. So a check land is something that when it enters the battlefield, it enters tapped unless you have a land that is a certain land type. This is why we've been talking about the land types. Right. So check lands, if you have the white blue one, it enters tapped unless you control a plains or an island. Right. But as we mentioned, the triomes and also the shock lands have those types. So they actually allow your check lands to come in to Which play untapped. Which means that the shocks... The checks and the triumphs are pretty great when you're trying to build right. a mana base in historic. It is a big advantage to have that. Uh, it is very big. Basic land type. The 
the importance of that is huge. But the advantage that you get is so huge that it's just, it really is something that like you should strive towards. Right. And like having the, the lands that you need for those two color decks, uh, especially aggressive ones, like shocks, you just, you need, you need them. In historic, you need shocks. Like people are playing shocks, you have to, you have to play shocks. Yeah. So I think that starts out our historic list. Our, yeah. I think that's. Uh, historic staples are the shock lands. Shock lands. So we won't go through all the names, yeah, but, but if it's from the Ravnica cycle, um, the blue-white one that we've been talking about is mm -hmm. Hallowed Fountain. Yes. And there's a battlefield tapped unless you pay two life. These are the most versatile lands. They're good in every deck. Yes. Every deck of those colors, these lands are good. Yeah. Right? Um, then there's a bit of a debate but whether sh uh, pathways are going to be better than check lands. Check lands. I think my inclination is that pathways are more powerful but I like to play decks with complicated mana costs. And so I would lean towards check, check lands, lands because then I can put triumphs, shock lands, basic lands, all this stuff into my deck and ensure that my check lands are pretty good. Exactly. Um, path, the uh, tension here is that pathways do not have a basic land type, as we mentioned. So if you put pathways and check lands into your deck, they sometimes your check lands will enter the battlefield tapped because you had a pathway. Yes. And that's what makes things... Difficult. A little difficult. So it's almost like check lands or pathways. You kind of have to decide. Right. Um, as of right now. And the shoe ins though, are shock lands. You always want those. Yeah. So on our list, we are saying all 10 shock lands, mm -hmm. four ofs, all of them. Pick your favorite color pairing. And there's Just, actually one more land uh, that we haven't that's true. Yeah. about yet. But there is one other land, um, but I will say shocks are 100% on our list. Mm -hmm. Craft your color pair just at least get the the four of your favorite colors right um but the last would you like to talk about the last land we're going to talk about? yeah the last land um is called fabled passage mm -hmm. okay and this land is you can sacrifice it to go get a basic land from your deck yes and that basic land will enter the battlefield tapped unless you have at least four lands so if it's your fourth land coming into play it enters untapped mm -hmm. uh, this land is really really good and you want it in your collection. And you just need four. And it will, it will go in so many decks. Right. Any deck that plays two colors will probably play one or two of these. And any deck that plays more than two colors will play the Absolutely full four, probably. Four. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I'm tempted to add this to the historic staples. I, I definitely think we yeah. should add it to the, the yeah. historic staples. Because Fable Passage is just like Evolving Wilds, but better. Yeah, and um, not to mention there's more upside on top of that. Having, putting a card in your graveyard, uh, triggering landfall twice. All uh, those kinds of things. Yeah. Very, very this important. This card is really good. It's very good. Mm -hmm. um, there are also other lands. I mean, there's the castles. Those are only one color, so we're not really talking about them right now. Um, and then there's also... Uh, the, the, they're really good, though. They're really good, though. And it's another reason to care about basic land types. Exactly. Um, or we have the, the cycling lands that they came from Alonket, mm -hmm. um, which are uh, very similar to the Triumphs. Um, they cycle for two instead of three, and they're only two colors. Um, they're also very good in Historic, um, but I really think that your best bang for your buck are you, you're getting your shocks and you're getting your Fable Passages. Yep. Really, all I'm asking for you is just four Fable Passages and four of your favorite shocks. Boom. Okay, so we've done our bit on lands. That, that's what we're talking about, thing. lands. Um, but before we keep going, I'm, I think I'm going to need another beer. 
Okay. I think that's I need one I'm... too. All right, perfect. All right, let's let's get a beer break. So, Jeff, uh, which which beer did you did you pick there? I decided to go for the starter. The starter. Yeah. Oh, and who brought that one? You brought it. I did bring yeah. it. I wow. preferred your beer. How about you? Wow. Which one did uh, you? Um, I uh, I went for the Bob Cajun. Dockside. Dockside. Uh, yeah, I brought the one that I, we I, took each other's beers. We took each other. Be- yeah. <laughs> we took each other's beers. Yeah. Oh boy, that sounds very off, but not that off. It's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, I just think red ales are just. I do love Fantastic. love a good red ale. How do you feel about this red ale? Like what 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 are you gonna give it? What what the tier? So I I have to admit I found it underwhelming. Um, okay. I love red ales. Maybe my expectation just super high. It might be super high. Um, I I gotta go gold on this. Honestly, wow. I just didn't, just didn't love it. Gold. Yeah. Interesting. You brought a gold beer to our podcast. <laughs> I'm just baffled by this. Um, I think it's close. I would say low platinum, so probably okay. close to gold. Right. It's it it is good. I do like it. Um, I think the can pushes it a bit for me. Yeah, um, big they, fan of the aesthetic. Yeah, the aesthetic. They did a good job. Uh, there's a little duck on it. It's kind of cute. Um, but uh, but the taste is it's it's there. It's just not. I don't know. It's missing something, and I don't know what it is. Right. That's how I felt as well. I, I, it's just leaving me a little lacking, um, but I I do like it. I would probably, if I have it, I'll drink it. I mean, but that's oh, true sure. with like any yeah. beer, to be yeah. fair. So I, I don't know what to say about that. How about, how about the starter? Where are you going to put that? This one's a solid platinum for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just a session IPA. It's really enjoyable. I, nice. might, I will put it on higher platinum. Okay. Because. Like plat one. Probably plat one. Uh, no, I'll, I'll say plat two. Okay. Oh, this is hard. Because I, I do like it. Um, I do like, I actually think it's a selling point that it has less alcohol than most IPAs. Sure. Because um, you can play longer drinking this. Mm-hmm. Like this is like, you can drink this in platinum all day, try to get to diamond and you'll be fine. Yeah. You can have a longer session. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. You can have a longer arena session or it can be the starter of your session. Um, oh, there we go. Hey, but but yeah, I, I definitely think that is for IPAs at least. I think it's pretty nice. I really like that it doesn't leave me so dry that some IPAs really just just rip right onto my my tongue, kind of like the, the the hops really get me. Um, so I like it. Couldn't not, couldn't help but notice that you ranked this beer higher than that one, and yet you chose that one. Yeah, I chose this one just because like it felt right tonight, yeah. you know. Just goes to show how much you love a good red ale. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is probably it's hard because I'm I'm gonna say they're both platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, I might say that one's a little bit higher than this one, but like uh, tonight I felt like this red ale, and uh, yeah, that's that's the way it is. Perfect. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to what we we're talking about. What were we talking about? Historic tier list. Historic staples. staples there we go. Right. Historic staples. Uh, so now that we're done berating them about crafting lands, yeah. Hopefully you got the message. Uh, lands are important. Craft lands. Craft lands. Uh, the lands. So we decided to pick one card from each color. Yes. That really is just a jack of all trades. If you're playing this color, there's a good chance you're going to want this card in your historic. Exactly. Deck. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so it's going to start off, I think this list, I don't really know what it's going to be like in the future. Right. right now, it has shocks on it and fable passage and one card of each color. Right. That's where we're starting. We'll yeah. see where it goes. We'll add multicolor cards, don't worry. Well, I mean, we'll I'm we'll sure see Uro what will make his way onto this list. We're just not super confident he won't get banned. We so. will see what happens. Um, but what is, uh, Jeff, what's the first one? All right, so we're going to go in Wooberg order. That's white, blue, black, red, green. Mm-hmm. White, the card we chose is Wrath of God. Wrath of God. This is an absolute magic classic. Absolute classic. It's hard not to choose this one. It came in Amonkhet Remastered. Yes. Uh, what is Wrath of God? What's it doing? So Wrath of God. Wrath of God. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just like a That's giant a silver-bordered fish. card if I've ever seen one. There's just like a, this big fish just like <laughs> destroying. Or is it like a lot of fish? You know how that happens like, sometimes oh, when there's a storm? All like the fish a, get... Like a, like a hurricane. Have you ever seen Fargo? That happens. Spoiler oh, alert. Oh, they get attacked. Sorry. Wrath of God. I think my favorite (laughs) thing. Um, Wrath of God. It is two and white, white for a sorcery that reads, destroy all creatures. They cannot be regenerated. If you used to play when there was regeneration. Yeah. Bury all creatures. Bury all creatures is actually what it used to say. Yeah. So regeneration Um, isn't really relevant in Arena. Yes. But... Destroying all creatures for four mana. Right. With no conditions. No conditions. Yeah. Nothing else. No hoops you got to jump through mm-hmm. here. I, they I don't think get cards. Is... They don't get lands. Nothing. Now, obviously, this doesn't go in every white deck. If you want to mm-hmm. build a white aggressive deck, then you're not going to want this card yeah. if your whole deck is creatures. But this is just kind of the classic de facto white card. Anytime you're playing a deck that includes white, that is not aggressive, this card's going right in there. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a control staple. You're yeah. going to see it a lot also. So it's not only a card that you should have, but you should expect Yeah, you should to have it on the mind. You should have it in your collection and on your mind. Yes. Um, very relevant. Will always be relevant. And I'm really happy that Amonkhet did this, where they brought cards from other sets that weren't from Amonkhet. Yeah. Um, it made the drafting experience crazy because you're like trying to play oh, it had a lot of around cards that like I had Hornet Queen and I got Wrath of God. I'm like, right. what is happening? These are not Almond Kit cards. Like yeah. what's going on? So that was great. I really like what they did with that. I'm excited for the next thing that's going to happen with the Kaladesh Remastered, which mm-hmm. is coming out before the end of the, this year or something. I don't really know. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, that is definitely a white card that you should have four copies it's, of. It's in fact so quintessential that cards that, destroy all creatures or deal damage to all creatures are called wraths that is named after this card this card is the reason they're called wraths so if you ever wondered why is it called a wrath it's because this card wrath of god was the first one and when people say sweepers they're wrong it's called called (laughs) obviously (laughs) um uh but the next one our blue staple for the list uh i'm gonna read it i have it right in front of me just because it's got a few words on it 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 really only has the cycling part but you can read the whole thing i'm gonna read the whole thing just so everyone knows what it is it is uh a recent card actually shark typhoon it is five and a blue for an enchantment uh, it says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. However, the really important part of this card is it has cycling for X, one, and a blue. And when you cycle Shark Typhoon, you create an XX blue shark creature token with flying. Right. Great There's... thing. You can just cycle it at instant speed, make a blocker. That's yeah. usually what happens. This is You should think of this as an instant speed 
flying shark that draws you a card when it yeah. comes into play. Really, really good. Uh, you're always tempted to play it for its enchantment side. It's usually wrong. Don't do it. Usually not going to happen because most of the time um, when you play the enchantment side, it's the only thing you do for that turn, and it's not going to affect the board. Um, and then if Almost always better to it's cycle. Almost always better just to have an actual creature on the board when they didn't know it was going to happen. is huge. Yeah. But hey, this card is great. It goes into control decks, goes into mid-range decks, and even some aggressively slanted blue decks will put this in their sideboard absolutely to fight help fight the control decks because it's a creature at instant speed yeah uh, this card's just amazing and you're gonna want to have this card in your collection so you should not feel bad about crafting it yeah also it's um well kind of made after the sharknado movies yes so there's also that plus of having a right. freaking sweet i don't know <laughs> movie in your deck <laughs> <laughs> is the movie freaking sweet i'm gonna say freaking sweet i mean uh that's the movie where i will only watch it after like a case of beer right yeah, well. that's when it's gonna be really freaking sweet right yeah. <laughs> right uh whatever right, so black <laughs> we're just gonna jump right to the next one because right. we don't want to talk about this anymore so our black card of choice, and there really wasn't any choice here. I think this is this the is, first one we both decided on This is on the easiest one by far. The card is Thoughtseize. Thoughtseize. This is probably the best card in Historic. It's so good. It's one black mana for a sorcery. It says you look at target player's hand. You may choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. You lose two life. Yep. The two life is just worth this effect. Mm -hmm. uh, you can really disrupt, put a poke a hole in your opponent's game plan. You get to know what cards they have for the foreseeable future. Um, this card is just amazing. It's it's one of the defining cards of the format, it's, and you should never feel bad about crafting this. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons you actually want to play black, and if you try to put black in your deck so you can play Thoughtseize. Exactly, yeah. The... the Sultai deck, which is one of the best decks in the format, is basically blue-green for all the awesome blue-green cards, and then we play black for Thoughtseize. Yeah. Like, that's that's it. Have four of them. You're never going to feel bad. Well, the only time you're going to feel bad about playing this card is when you're at two life. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. Even when you're at three, you're like, maybe I'll get rid of their combo piece. Like, Yeah, it, it should be mentioned it's not a great top deck in the late game mm -hmm. usually, but the how good it is on turn one is your starting hand size. Or one, or two, and upside. three. If you just Thoughtseize, Thoughtseize, Thoughtseize. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're going to be like Scoop. Like, right. that's that's the power that it has. One thing I should mention about this card, though, is there's basically a 100% chance that whatever card you make them discard, they're going to draw it next turn. That, that's <laughs> been my experience anyways. Yeah, so I, I choose this card. I think they, they can't possibly win without it. And then they untap and play it. So. Also, I want to say for, um, in in my opinion, this is, this is out of context of everything, but... If you're getting thought seized, if someone thought seizes you, or even just hand disruptions you in general, this is my idea. If someone picks the card that you were going to play next turn, I give them a nice. Just like, nice. Oh, okay. Like that's just, some arena regulars etiquette. That's a little you. etiquette for you, just to tell them. I was planning on playing that. You're, you're right. That was the correct Good choice. choice. Yeah. If you were, like, if someone was playing thought seized on you, or you thought seized them, you're like, oh, wow, okay, this hand is way more busted than I thought. What card do I pick? If they pick the correct card, give them a nice. Just be like, yeah. You know, we should do an episode on arena etiquette. We, we should. Yeah. Sometime we'll do etiquette. I mean, like, um, it's getting more complicated now that there's all these so many different new emotes. emotes that are like. And there's stickers coming, right? I, I've been 
just slamming the like finger sticker all over the place. <laughs> I just got it and I'm so excited. Um, I'm doing it all the time and people keep giving me the kissy face one back. All right, we'll come um, back in the we'll, near future. Yeah. We'll have a segment on <laughs> we'll, arena. We'll probably etiquette. talk about that, but I, I will say... Basically, don't do what Zach's doing. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, I, I think it is nice to just give somebody a little heads up. Hey, nice. I mean, you know, that can be interpreted many different ways, but I think uh, starting it off as a, you did a good job, is is the best starting spot. Right. So red, uh, red was interesting because there's... For example, one of the best red cards is mm -hmm. uh, Muxus, Goblin Grandee. Yes. But this really doesn't deserve a spot on our historic staples list no, because it goes in just one deck. One deck. You build one deck around that card, and that's it. And so if you craft this, and then it turns out Goblins, so if Goblins is the deck, if Goblins isn't good, you're going to be upset that you crafted this. Exactly. Uh, so it, its power level kind of ebbs and flows with the success mm -hmm. of that deck. We got to go with the just multi-format all-star here. Absolute red staple. So good. Bone Crusher Giant. Bone Crusher Giant. Yeah. This card, basically, if you have red mana in your deck, you have to try to convince yourself not to play this card. Yeah. Also, if you listened to us before, this is yeah. the card that was in most of the decks in the grand finals. Only Seth didn't play it. it it's every, car, every deck that played red played this card. Right. Obviously, you have to play this card. It's also great in standard but it's great in historic it's a yeah. really good card it's very versatile there's no reason not to craft this there's no reason to have not like if you're not playing it and you're like oh well i mean i have one i'm not gonna play more it's like you should have four yeah you need four uh and the lucky thing is one comes with your arena account exactly so you already have one also to note shark typhoon you right. also have one. you should start with one of those as well so that's just fantastic um, Jeff, do you want to read this card or do you, should I read this card? Go for it. I got it. Okay. So Bone Crusher Giant, it's two and a red for a four, three giant creature. Uh, it also has an adventure called Stomp, which is very important. Uh, Stomp is one and a red for an instant. It says damage can't be prevented this turn. That's not important. It says Stomp deals two damage to up. any target. Yeah. Does it come up? Yeah, yeah. I've had it come up. Okay. I haven't <laughs> seen it come up. Uh, because some things have protection. If you stomp oh. their face, protection is off. Interesting. Yeah, so you like attack with everything, stomp their face, and the thing with protection from red dies. Because oh, protection prevents, prevents damage. Yeah. Ooh. It's good. Wow, that's really good. Wow, that's really Card good. Card just got even better. Yeah, holy crap. I, sorry, let me reread this card. Stomp, one in a red, instant. Damage can't be prevented this turn. Very relevant. Stomp <laughs> deals two damage to any target. So it kind of shocks anything. Mm -hmm. And then it's in its adventure land. You can play it for two and a red. Uh, and then it's a four, three on the battlefield. Whenever Bone Crusher Giant becomes the target of a spell, uh, Bone Crusher deals two damage to target spells control. Just because, you know, a 4-3 that could shock something and do the extra ability wasn't enough if it didn't it wasn't also enough. have to shock you whenever you tried to uh, target it. Very important. It will shock you if you try to target it as yeah, well. Yeah, if you try so to just, put an aura on it or something. Uh, yeah, most notably, mutate creatures will yeah. shock you. Also, primal might will also okay. shock you. Yep. So it is relevant that the two mm -hmm. damage will hurt you. Um, uh, but it also hurts your opponent. Most of the time, people aren't going to do single target removal for a Bone Crusher. This card's an all-star. It's so good. Um, have four of them. I recently crafted four of them. Uh, I didn't even have a deck for it yet, and I just crafted all yeah. four. And now I'm using them constantly. So um, he, it's a great card. And finally, that brings us to green. And the card we chose for green was Collected Company. Absolutely. Um, this card is just 
very, very good. You spend four mana at instant speed to get up to six mana worth of creatures. Um, you're just cheating on mana. You're playing creatures at instant speed that aren't meant to be played at instant speed. Yeah. Uh, it has a deck building cost that you basically want, I don't know, somewhere in the realm of 26 creatures that cost three or less, yeah. probably even more than that. But that's not even a bad thing. There's yeah. a lot of really good cards that cost three. The payoff is worth it, even if there's not a deck right now. I, I mean, I think Jun Sacrifice is a very good deck and it's often plays deck. Collected Company. It really does, or should, I think. Um, yeah, also you can get a new secret layer with it. Collected yeah. Company's in that secret layer. There you um, go. It's, it's a great card. Uh, it's good in... Everything on Arena. Anything that plays creatures. Yeah. I mean, this is the card. In green. I mean, I've even seen, if I wanted to build blue-white spirits, for example, because there are a oh. lot of really good blue-white spirits, Yeah, add green. I would splash green just for Collected Company. Especially because spirits are going to be like low-costed creatures, right? So, like, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, with the Skyclave Apparition that came yeah. out in Zendikar uh Before Rising. we keep talking about it, do we want to read this card? Oh, yeah, sorry. Absolutely. Um it is a collected company. It's three and a green for an instant. Look at the top six cards of your library. Put up to two creature cards with converted mana cost three or less from among them onto the battlefield and then put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Amazing card. Amazing. Instant speed. Play two creatures that you find from six. Right. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, I've missed with it before, but the actual math on you missing, if you put 26 plus three yeah. creatures that cost three or less in your deck you should almost never miss yeah if you're thinking of it like um okay so i spent four mana even if you whiff like the best case scenario obviously four mana you get two three threes that you're up two, two mana. three drops yeah oh uh, yeah that's what i mean sorry yeah. two three drops you're up two mana that's great and Fantastic. got to play them at instant speed on exactly. your opponent's end step maybe uh, your opponent listened to this podcast played wrath of god and, and then uh, you, get you to... waited that out and then <clears> put two new creatures onto the board yeah right after boom boom you can even play bone crusher giant off of this right uh, i mean yeah you talk would... about a combo yeah right <laughs> uh you can't play the other cards that we talked about but yeah you can play bone crusher giant um but yeah it's it's really worth uh having them uh, even so much that like and what i love about this card is i can pick the jankiest tribe you know that i want <laughs> yeah, you can do and if i slam four copies of this into my deck i have a good shot at winning you you, know? you do absolutely if you know when to play it and what to do. You can play Merfolk. Or you could play... You could play Red, White, Green Warriors. You know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You can put in a Pirates deck. Yeah, I could play Pirates. <laughs> it's historic. I could play Pirates. That's like four color. Grixis plus green Pirates. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Just like <laughs> white list Pirates. That's funny. Anyways, um, that's the start of our that's historic our list. Um, you can list. you can keep up uh, to date with this list if you listen to our podcast slash look at our website that we're going to have at some point coming soon. Yeah, whenever uh, Jeff uh, figures it out, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that is going to be a work in progress. We're going to keep up to date with that and make sure that you know which cards are worth crafting, uh, or you know, just it's just fun. <laughs> it's just for fun. Everything's for fun. That's what this game is. This game's fun. That's what games are. If you didn't know. All right. Um, so we wanted to end the podcast by quickly just talking about. Well, there were key bans last week. There were or a lot. Was it two weeks ago? It last was last week. week. Last week we talked about the bans. Last week we talked about the bans. And so, so they must have been on Monday. Must, was it on Monday? I think it was. So 
what have we been seeing on the ladder? What kind of decks can we yeah. expect to see? I mean, like, it is important to know that um, Jeff plays a lot of best of three, I believe. And yeah, I play, I play in Constructed, always best of three. Okay, and I play a lot of best of one. Right. Um, that just, means we're seeing both sides, both metagames we're, we're playing, a, Yeah, we're seeing a lot of different decks. Right. So when I talk about a deck, uh, it could be easily... Jeff's like, I've never seen anyone play that. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind uh, that you're not running into like best of three being like, okay, I'm going to see all these decks, super aggressive, all this stuff. It's like, no, that's because we were playing best of one. They're playing there is, aggressive There's decks. a lot of overlap, but there are a few. Sort of there, there are a few corner cases yeah. that are different. Um, but I will say last week we were talking about Demir Rogues. Are mm-hmm. they going to be Seth Manfield's version of Demir Rogues? I have seen many, many Seth Manfield's. Definitely. Demir Rogue's decks. And, and even the decks I've played against that weren't uh, Seth Manfield's exact list because they had some differences in cards. Yeah. Um, they took his philosophy. Absolutely. Which is that you're trying to make Drown in the Lock and Into the Story as good as possible. Absolutely. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Um, I think I've probably seen pre-ban... Or sorry, not pre-ban. Let's go back. Pre-grand finals. Mm. I saw Zareth... A lot. I used right. to see Zerath. That so used to be much. the reason to play rogues. Reason to play rogues. Post uh, the grand finals in Seth Manfield, I, I have seen one Zerath probably, right. yeah. and there, everything else um, looks almost exactly like his list. They might play a Night Hawk or something, but I've seen like a Luris and Ruin Crab version. Yeah. So yeah. so they'll play Ruin Crab and stuff. Um, but as soon as you see Luris, and then there's like. Um, somebody plays like a Demir Land, you're like, it's, it, it's pretty close that you're going to... At you're least gonna see, in spirit, it sets less. It, it's in spirit, yeah. That's kind they're of where They're trying to crush from. you a bit, but they're mostly trying to turn on these totally busted cards. Absolutely. So that was um, something I had predicted, and it did come to fruition in my mind. Um, <laughs> not as many as I thought I was going to see. Um, there has been a, a lot of other decks popping up. Yeah, yeah. I expected been, to see rogues everywhere. Yeah. I, I well, don't first of all, while we're talking about this, like... The standard format has just blossomed. I agree. It is doing quite well. Yeah, I mean, there's just... This is exactly what I want standard to be. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk a a little bit more about the different decks that we see, Mm -hmm. but there's so many decks we have to talk about here. We don't get to talk about all of them, so... Yeah, but we can just run through a list real quick. Yeah. Um, As far as best of one, I'll probably just go first. Um... I see a lot, a lot of uh, Rakdos discard. There's just like hand disruption, Rakdos. Uh, you're, you're playing Kroxa and yep. different things where you're reanimating things from the yard yep. and uh, making things big. That's uh, in best of three as well. Yeah. Uh, Yorion, uh, just any ver- any deck that wants to play Yorion is playing Yorion. Right. It's like all over the place. So many flickering Green white, things. Green, white, blue, white, blue, white, black. Yeah, there's a lot yep. of Esper stuff. Like it's. We it's, should talk about Yorion a little bit. It, it's, it is... Um, I was seeing the combo of it's... Like you have Yorion, and then you have uh, Charming Prince. Yeah, that's and that's brutal. Yeah, uh, that and then um, what's that wizard uh, from M twenty one that that when it enters the battlefield it bounces a creature? Oh, uh, Baron. Tilden Baron, yes. So Baron, and then uh, uh, the Black Enchantment, the Treachery, Treacherous uh, Blessing. Yeah, Blessing. Uh, those cards, you're just flickering those. Yeah, uh, over and over again, it's so busted, and you're just like you have to scoop because they're just drawing so many cards and right. bouncing everything. There's it's... a thousand different Yorian decks. Yeah. I mean, I've seen green white, I've seen Esper blue white black, yeah. I've seen just blue white, mm-hmm. I've seen white black. Yeah, uh, and 
then I've seen 80 card versions that play it as a companion and yes. 60 card versions that the, just play for in the deck. Ori yeah. On the deck. Uh, I think eventually people will figure out which one's best and mm -hmm. you'll just see kind of a couple different Yori on yeah. decks. But right now there's a ton of them. There's a ton. They all kind of have the same thing in common that they spend the early turn setting up mm -hmm. and then once they get their Yorion loops gone, you just can't beat them. You can't. You there's just really too can't much do anything. value coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I find playing against Yorion decks a lot of fun. So I'm really enjoying the fact Interesting. that there's just so many Yorion decks. I was actually really frustrated because I played a Yorion against a Yorion deck and I purposely attacked in a way that they had to block with their Thassa's Oracle that they played on turn two. And they were just flickering it over and over to keep scrying, but to keep. Right. And it was going to be their win condition. And uh, I went to stomp it, but because of the way that the cards were blocked, they uh, flipped directions. And so when I clicked the creature oh, that was Thassa, yeah. to Thassa's Oracle to, to be blocked, or sorry, to be stomped um, after damage was dealt, they flipped back to their original positions. Right. And it was. I clicked the wrong creature and I ended up losing So that's a thing that doesn't really happen to me anymore, but I remember it happening a lot. So yeah. I wonder if that's an arena, a Mac version. I, I still working out the kinks. Thing. Well, because when you block certain things or things happen, like they'll move the creatures around. They don't okay. always stay in the same Maybe places. Maybe I'm just like used to it. I think I just need, I was playing too fast and I needed to like slow down. Yeah. And I really know that that was my misclick. Uh, I definitely killed the wrong creature because of it. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, play slower. Um, but anyway, Yorion, that's the thing. Uh, flickering stuff. Uh, I have seen Mardu and Boros Knights uh, that you have not seen. No, so that's a best of one only. That's definitely kind a best of, of thing. one thing. Um, you, you will run into it. It's kind of like a Knights equipment thing. Um, they're... Does it play Nahiri in the Mardu version, I guess? I haven't seen uh, Nahiri, honestly. Okay. Um, it's not as equipment heavy, it's really just Knight, Knight, right. Go Knights. Yeah, that was a deck from standards past yeah. so i'm not too surprised to hear that it's coming back and they're, they're, they're trying it, it has a resurgence yeah. and it would do better in best of one than best of three for sure um golgari adventure i've seen a little bit of i feel like you uh had heard yeah, about so, more of it so i wrote in the show notes apparently mm -hmm. golgari adventures is popular but i haven't actually run into it myself. I, so i have yeah i've seen it a couple times um not uh it hasn't been something that i was really worried about but mm -hmm. um but yeah, I have seen it. And then uh, Gruul. Lots of Gruul. I'm playing Gruul mainly. Um, and a, a, a couple other random brews that I have that are pushing me down the ladder. Uh, I have not been doing as well with the Gruul Adventures deck as I was previously. So um, I'm looking to change some things up. Yeah. But yeah that's I mean, in episode one. one, we kind of predicted Gruul was the, the best deck. Yeah, and it, uh, it seems like there are a lot of decks uh, purposely... Mm -hmm. We might have been wrong on that one, man. I, Either, I don't run into Gruul almost ever in best of three. I, I think that I um, I played a lot. I've seen it, um, but I've been getting um, beaten up pretty bad. Hmm. So I th either people saw it and knew how to, to shoot it or, or what. But um, yeah, it's it's different. But best of three, what, what's, what have you been seeing? So there's a, a really cool mono green food deck Ooh. that's kind of going around uh it has obviously gilded goose yeah then it has the wicked wolf right. which fights something when and it, it comes in eat a food yeah. to make itself indestructible oh. but it's the four, cool four, yeah 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 well it's a three three but when it eats oh. the food it goes up to four, right four. right right yeah it right, puts right. a counter on mm -hmm. it uh but the cool part about this deck is a card that i've always wanted to be good and mm -hmm. maybe is good now without the bands 
feasting troll king. <laughs> it's just two green, 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 green. Yeah. For, uh, God, what is it? Like a 7-6 vigilance. Yeah. And it, if you played it from your hand, mm-hmm. you make three foods. And then if it's ever in your graveyard, you can sack three foods to bring it back. To right. The and so it just like keeps coming back. Yeah. And this is kind of their all-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven, six, trample vigilance. Vigilance, yeah. yeah. I don't know why it has, it has vigilance, but whatever. It makes it awesome. Yeah. And Trail of Crumbs is their value engine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really good deck. Uh, I've run it in, into it a couple of times. I was impressed both times with what they were doing on the other side of the battlefield. That's cool. I like that. Uh, then I noticed Mono Red. I mean, Mono Red's always... It's always a deck, or at least people are pushing for it. Always, on the Arena so. Ladder, you will always run into Mono Red. Yeah. Uh, especially with Ember Cleave in the format. Yeah, absolutely. Ember and you're going to lose to it on turn four. Probably most of the time. When they go one drop, two drop, three drop Ember Cleave. Um, but there's also a kind of big red version. Mm-hmm. So it's not trying to aggro you out. Uh, it goes a little bigger. It plays the Chandra from M21. Mm. And then discards... Uh, Cards like Ox of Agonis uh, builds its right. graveyard mm-hmm. and, and does the and then Phoenix of Ash to do the escape thing. thing. Yeah, it's a very cool deck. Um, not sure how good it is. I've seen it around, but I tend to beat it. Mm-hmm. So, but it, I thought it was a cool deck worth mentioning. Then you see a lot of blue black based control decks. They're either blue black or blue black red, mm-hmm. depending on what they're doing. Um, they're good. Yeah, I mean. Blue black okay. was a bit of a thing before. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're playing a lot of the same cards rogues are playing. You're just not playing rogues. Yeah, uh, and that's what I'm running into in best of three. Yeah, I mean, but I think there are like that is even just like a small sample size of what people are playing. Oh, there for is sure. So much going on in. in uh, There's even standard more right than now. that. Yeah, it's all over the place. Like, uh, I really think standard is in a very healthy place right now. Right. Um, if you listen to people that say it's not, I think that they. You just have only played one deck and don't yeah. even try other ones. So send them our way. Yeah, so yeah, they can listen to us and we'll, we'll tell them a bunch of different things they could play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, it's been uh, it's been good. I really like post band standard. I so much so that I haven't really been playing historic, which I was almost specifically only playing historic before this. So. Yeah, I mean that's the great thing about arena. You can kind of bounce back and exactly. forth between the two formats. Yeah, when you're like, eh, I'll just do something else for a little bit. Um, it will get a little confusing when you're like, oh, they have this card. You're like, wait, no, that's not even no, in standard. Can't, yeah, they can't have that. <laughs> so um, I don't need to worry about getting thought seeds. Yeah, absolutely. All right, but Zach, they don't have to take our word for it, right? No. I mean, we're just seeing random shit on the line. We are absolutely just seeing random shit on the line. <laughs> and we're just kind of reporting it here. Yeah. You know? But there was a tournament recently, right? Or at least a showdown. Yeah, so there's the Channel Fireball Pro Showdown mm-hmm. over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is a tournament that, you know, it's not the most competitive thing in the yeah. world, but it, there's money on the line. There's... I think a thousand dollars in prizes. Yeah, something like that. And if you get to beat the the grand boss, it doubles. Yeah, they have like a boss system where like the the person who wins the tournament gets to fight the boss. Right. And that's like some pro player or some channel or fireball channel pro. Fireball. In this case, it was Luis Scott Vargas. Yes. Uh, so, and there were two hundred and seventy seven entrants, so it's a real event. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and the top eight looked really diverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was won by uh, Andre Strasky, who was playing green white Yorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the top eight was after that mono red, uh, blue black control, Naya ramp, which is a deck interesting. Neither of us have seen. Huh. Uh, then Jeskai control again. That that would be blue white red. Yeah, I haven't really seen that. 
Then there's blue, black, white, Yorion in sixth place. Mm-hmm. And then the, the bottom two, seventh and eighth, were Gruel Adventures. Hey, eighth, which we, we had talked about it. We were totally wrong. Yeah. Um, but that's a great top eight. I mean, that's the a good only deck to double up was seventh and eighth. That Gruel is so Adventures. much better than the top eight that we saw from the grand final. No kidding. That's right? playing like the same. Everyone's playing basically Seven the same Adventures cards. deck. Yeah. And Seth. And Seth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Andre Strasky won. Uh, he he did not defeat the final boss. No. Luis Scott Vargas won. And Luis was playing uh, blue-white Yorion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a Yorion mirror match, green-white versus blue-white. And Luis uh, managed to win. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into the results of this event. Yeah. Especially because, you know, Andre Strasky is a Magic Pro League player. Mm-hmm. One of the best players in the world. The fact that he won doesn't mean that green-white Yorion is the best deck yeah, um, but it does show that there's a lot of different options. Exactly, yeah. and there's a lot of different that you can have success with. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, which is great, and it's really nice to see that looks healthy to me. I see right. the stats. I didn't actually get to watch a lot of this tournament, um, but being able to like go over the top eight, which is usually what I'm doing with tournaments, I don't get to watch. Yeah, or even ones I do watch, but um, seeing what made it is is really nice to see a bunch of different stuff in there. It just gives hope for like any deck you're brewing, like. You got a shot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of wraps it up for this episode. Episode number two. Two? Uh, yeah. So uh, We made it. We made it. Yeah. We did another one. Hey, look at us. Um, I want to just give a shout out to our one listener out there. Um, hey, thanks. You know who you are. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank you. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Arena Regulars. Uh, just ask us any questions or give us feedback about anything. or. And hey, if you ever see... Or get to play against Arena Regulars podcast on, our on Arena MTG Arena. Yeah, give us a good emote. Yeah, give us a nice if we thought sees the right card. Yeah, give us a nice if we thought sees the right card. Yeah, that'd be great. Or just anything. I mean that that account is basically going to be like a pl- uh, free to play account. Um, so we will yep. do what we. Uh, Other than maybe the five dollar welcome. Yeah, we'll probably the five dollar welcome and craft all our thought seasons so you can give us a nice. That's right. <laughs> that's what. That's all we're looking for. That's really what. Point. That's all we want. We're playing mono black nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up. So we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. All right. That's fine.